I think roller derby is a hopeful thing. He earned enough money from selling plants that he paid off the mortgage on his house. People always want to know, uh, you know, is that a lie or is that the truth? I completely disassembled this Triumph TR6. I wish I could have been a professional woman soccer player. I'm Martha Woodruff, and this is The Spark, an exploration of interesting people doing interesting things. Last week on The Spark, we heard how the Valley's Hillary Clemmer, who likes to be called Bill, got a job on a 4,000-acre sheep station in Southland, a weathery part of New Zealand not too far from the South Pole. This week, Bill tells us what it's like to work there during spring lambing season, living way out by herself with just a dog, a utility vehicle, and all those woolly creatures giving birth. I had about 600 ewes that were under my care. Lambing percentage is usually 150, so roughly 900 lambs. 900 lambs. Are they Um, penned in at all? No, they're set stock. So they've been, he's already done his, his math as far as how many sheep can be on each paddock based on the grass cover. And so... I think I had a whole bunch of triplets that year. I did it two seasons, so sometimes it gets a bit blurry. But I can remember that that time I had three paddocks of triplets, and there were 50 ewes in each one of those paddocks. So I had 150 triplets that I was lambing. Um, And they would often be spread out in, like, you know, between 80 and 50, groups of 80 and 50 or something like that. Did you come home at night? I had a little um, hut to live in. wasn't anything real flash, just a... Kind of a concrete cottage type deal. Plumbing? Yep. Electricity? Yeah. Oh, luxury. (laughs) (laughs) Shepherding over there is not like what we think of it, where you're out with the flock and you're just keeping them gathered up and there are no fences. They don't have predators, so there's no point in sitting there watching your sheep. The purpose of lambing is to try to get any of those lambs that are vulnerable and get them help, not to protect them from predators. So what was your day like? That time of year, it's fairly dark in the morning, so probably only got a chance to start at 6.30 or 7, and that would be usually kind of slightly before dawn, go check my lambing shed. So that's all the lambs and ewes that I'd pulled in the night before for susceptibility to weather or because sometimes the ewe will have trouble and not be able to lamb the lamb out by herself so that it might get stuck in the birth canal and the head will swell up and so that lamb will have a real fat face we call them fat faces and because of that they won't be able to suck well because their tongue's swollen so that might be in for that reason or maybe she was a triplet and they were all tangled up needed help lambing because they were multiple lambs trying to come at once any number of reasons really and if there's no trouble the does the the sheep and and the lambs stay out yeah they doesn't come in the shed no okay All right, so you go to the lambing shed. And I'll make sure the little susceptible lambs get a drink, make sure that you're standing still for them. Occasionally you end up with lambs that were too far gone the night before, so that lamb's died. If you do have time in the morning, you'll skin out that lamb and put that skin on a live lamb, an extra live lamb, and try to graft it on that way so the mother will hopefully adopt it. Um, So you're just basically tidying up your shed. Anything that's healthy and strong-looking you go ahead and let out into little pens or you if they're really you're really confident in them you'll load them up in your little trailer behind your ute and take them out and drop them in a paddock where they're the rest of the lambs are doing well did you feel sentimental at all about a lamb who didn't make it you couldn't stop and take the time 
And you couldn't go, ooh, when you had to skin a lamb, could you? Well, I never had a problem with that because I've always enjoyed skinning because I had a bit of a taxidermy obsession as a kid. No! And, and I really like um, tanning hides. Okay, and how did you come to have a taxidermy obsession when you were a kid? Uh, I guess I was always curious, curious about natural history. Like okay. My favorite museum growing up as a kid was Peabody Museum in Boston, which is like their best exhibit is their taxidermy. Um, I had a good friend, um, Kit Quimby, up in Maine, and she was interested in it, kind of. So I'll just, I don't know. I just ended up interested in it. You didn't have anything in your raising about what girls should do, did you? No, my mom was a bit of a tomboy. <laughs> so you finish up with the lambing shed, take any using lambs out that you can, and then you start going around all your different paddocks and checking on all your used lambs. If it's been a really wet, nasty night, you kind of dread going out there because you'll probably find a lot of flat lambs. You're hoping that your decisions from the night before were right. It was a real learning curve for me. I learned to, if there was doubt and you had any kind of energy or daylight, drag it in. All your singles you need to check three times a day because they're only having one. They often grow a lamb too big and they'll have more difficulty lambing. Okay. Your twins and triplets you check twice a day. But with the number you're doing, you just need to keep moving. Could you look at a sheep and say she's carrying one lamb or she's carrying two? In New Zealand, they ultrasound all their their no ewes. Kidding. Do they have like a portable Yep, thingy? portable scanner. The scanner guy comes and he'll go through and scan all your ewes. They'll use one of those aerosol cans to mark whether they're a triplet or a single usually. They leave their twins plain because they'll be the largest number of ewes will have the two lambs. So. Do you bring yes. in just the lambs? or No, lambs no, you've got to drag the mother in. And uh, when do you start making the decision and how do you get them there? I would usually be a little more lenient in the morning because there's a chance you might get a bit of sun and by evening you wouldn't need to touch them because it's always better to not interfere. But come evening time, you might go, mm, I know the weather's going to come in nasty tonight. That lamb doesn't look like it had a drink yet. So then you start dragging in. And I would always run late at night because I would bring more in at night. Most of the time, I'd spend another two, three hours in my shed, lambing shed. Okay. Sometimes I'd be in there with the headlights on. Because the other thing is, when I was dragging ewes in, if I saw one that was having difficulty lambing, I'd catch her and put her in the trailer and bring her in to lamb her. You know, when you talk about it, you've really taken ownership of the situation I had to. Nobody else was checking on my sheep. All right. How often did Howie check in with you? Oh, I'd see him a couple of times throughout the day. He did get me a cell phone, and he said, you have any problems, you just call me. I can remember the first time I had a sheep push out her lambing bed, which is basically her whole uterus. I remember calling him and saying, you know, Howie, what do I do? She's, she's pushed out her entire uterus. And him saying, well, I hate to tell you, but you're going to have to slit her throat. She won't make it. And did you? I had to, yeah. I mean, it wasn't exactly like I wanted to leave her like that. Yeah. So, How long does lambing season go on? Uh, I did six weeks without a day off. Okay. To be fair, I probably lambing takes about um, a month. And then 
after I finished my 600 ewes, then I got handed about 600 hoggets to lamb. Hoggets are like one-year-olds. They're like yearlings. Um, so this was their first time lambing. And, and is I, it usually more difficult, I would think? Well, everybody said, was saying, oh, you got the hoggets. Like, oh, they, good luck with that. But I actually really enjoyed them because finally I had sheep that were my size. All the ewes that I was catching, and I was catching them with a crook, using a dog to try to get them distracted and trying to grab them with a crook. And when that failed, the dog would grab a hold of the neck wool and hang on until they, he dragged them to a stop. With the hoggets, they were finally my size, so I quite enjoyed the hoggets. Bill Clemmer sent me a bunch of photographs from her sheep herding adventures in New Zealand, and we've posted them on the Spark page at WMRA.org, where you'll also find part one of our conversation.